Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Fitter, Healthier Dad podcast, where you can learn how to improve your diet, lose fat, and get fitter in a sustainable and fun way without spending hours in the gym. Here is your host, Darren Kirby. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. This is the number one podcast for dads in their 40s who want to improve their health and fitness. This is episode 46, and joining me on today's show is Art Eddie from The Art of Fatherhood. Art has a passion for fatherhood and enjoys talking with other dads about their fatherhood journey. In 2019, Art and his co-author John Finkel wrote the Life of Dad book. Art has been a featured writer, podcast host and producer as well as a host of Facebook live shows. His background is in radio and journalism. Art has worked in radio in New York City, New Jersey and New Hampshire. Hey Art, how you doing? Good, how you doing sir? Yeah, Good, thank you very much. Thanks for uh, agreeing to come on to the podcast today. How how is life? How are you coping in these crazy times? Yeah, we're you know we're doing we're doing our part, staying at home, making sure that uh, we're social distancing, and um, yeah. you know making sure that the girls are following their home uh, their virtual class plan and all that. Our teach their right. teachers are great, and I work from home anyways. But now you know my wife sometimes occasionally works from home, so. Yeah. We're, we're doing good. We're just, you know, plugging along and I hope uh, everybody is that's listening to this is staying safe and being well. And I hope you and yours are doing well, man. Yeah, we are indeed. Thanks. Thanks for asking. So uh, before we get into the episode today, can we get a bit of background on you and, you know, life today, how you've come to start um, the art of fatherhood? Sure. Um, you know, it, it's funny. Like I've talked to this, uh, I've talked about this uh, on many, many occasions where I've never thought I would be <laughs> talking and writing and doing podcasts about fatherhood. I wanted to get into yeah. TV and radio. And so, um, in college, uh, I went the communications route. Uh, yeah, I was, in, I went to UNH, uh, University of New Hampshire. They had some programs to get like, you know, on their local radio station and some things here and there, but New Hampshire isn't a mecca for, um, TV and radio and all that other stuff in the sense of like right. finding internships. So, um, yeah. when I graduated college, I was doing some jobs here and there. And then when I finally, um, got into, uh, radio, um, in, in New Hampshire, uh, <laughs> uh, we were moving, we we're moving to New Jersey. And thankfully the head of the radio station in New, in New Hampshire knew someone in New Jersey. So I started right. working there. And then when our daughters came along, we were looking like, all right, we don't want to go the daycare route. Who should stay yeah. home? And my, jo- uh, my job in radio, it's not the most secure uh, profession. So we're like, all right, <laughs> I'll stay home with the kids. And um, yeah. then it kind of trickled into uh, working a podcast with some of the guys I used to work in radio with called Master okay. of None. And then yeah. um, I started writing for a couple other sites. And then I was introduced to the guys over at Life of Dad. And they wanted to do a podcast. And because I was a dad, they were like, hey, let's do this. So it started there. Yeah. So, you know, focusing on fatherhood. And then uh, right now, uh, the beginning of last, uh, sorry, the ending of last year, I kind of started the art of fatherhood uh, for many reasons. But um, I, I did it mostly because I wanted to see if I could start something from start to finish by myself. And yeah. Um, like create a website and all that good stuff. And so that's, you know, that's where the art of fatherhood came to be. So no, a long, long answer, but that's, you know, from radio to, you know, being the stay at home dad to now where I'm at, you know, focusing on fatherhood. So yeah. it's been a fun journey so far. Yeah, no, it's cool. And um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting background, to be honest. I think it's, um, I think much like yourself, I never expected one to be talking about 
parenthood two to be doing a podcast and three to actually have turned myself into a bit of an, of, of an athlete so it's it's strange how uh, how life takes us and the the paths that we go on so just going back a little bit to to the life of dad so what was the basic premise on which you know the life of dad is created because it's a massive community now isn't it in the u.s yeah i mean th- you know people look at it like oh wow look you've got like three million followers on facebook and all that but it took some time yeah. and it took some ingenuity and some creativity life of dad actually started we always say this and if people have heard me before the other there's like total of six co-founders there's tom riles right. who is the actual founder founder um two of his brother-in-laws dan lazars and patrick quinn and david guest yeah. uh who a, a friend and then ryan hamilton who was like the coder of the website and all that stuff and he and i ryan used to do the uh life of dad after show tom riles and i did the life of dad podcast and we we all of us would write about fatherhood we would um yeah you know work on facebook like patrick quinn was such a savant on uh facebook he started it this is where like with him and the cheerio challenge that's where we kind of kind of got our you know claim to fame where it went viral when you know uh former president uh barack obama was doing the cheerio challenge on uh, like a stuffed animal and when uh, reese witherspoon was talking about it and um, Stephen Colbert and Macklemore, like you knew, like all right, this thing has some yeah. legs. And Cheerios actually came to us, and we did some stuff with them too. So that's where, like, I think the big the the big jump on our platform came, and that was, you know, Patrick. Just that dude's a creative guy. But going back yeah. to the origins of Life of Dad, so Tom Riles, um, his his first child uh, with his uh, with with his wife Lucy, that uh, they had a um, she, the daughter had a congenital heart defect, and so. Right. To make at you know that time there's a lot of stuff going on and he just wanted to make sure that everybody was you know and is on both sides of the family knew what was going on so we created the life of dad blog and right. um, then after everything she, you know uh, their oldest is she's doing great um, we always you know say when it's her birthday you know another year of life of dad has been um, celebrated as well so it kind of started yeah. with that and then we brought more people on we you know we shared a bunch of other dads um, sites videos and. Uh, you know, we just created this community. We have like subset groups, uh, in our Facebook, um, community. So yeah, it's like, it's, it's, it started off with like Tom in the hospital room. And then it likes kind of like, I was the last person to join the life of dad Voltron crew. If you think about it, like all of us like brought something different to it. And then we brought in other people, but yeah, man, it's, it's, it's been a fun ride. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, it's super fascinating. Some of the stuff that goes on on the Facebook page is really interesting, and and the communities are, are, are pretty active. So, Art, what do you think it is that's kind of kind of caused you know people like you, people like me that uh, that want to write about fatherhood? What do you think? It, you know, are we at a period of time where it's more acceptable to be a dad, or or what do you think it is? Uh, that's a really good question. I think Darren, like you, you know, I think we all have kind of seen uh, our kids as muses, right? There are certain things. Yeah. Like I remember the first article I wrote at Life of Dad was called "Kids Are Like Velociraptors," and it was just because, yeah. like, I always think, like, I'm always like, I'm a geek, and I always like use movie references. I think yeah. you know, pretty much all guys and women do if they're into like movies and watch and stuff, right? So there's always like, if someone says something, you look around the room to see if someone else got that, like uh inside joke or movie reference or whatever the case Mm -hmm. may be but i wrote about fatherhood not that i felt like fatherhood needed to be um promoted and all that other stuff i was just sharing like because i started working for life of dad i was like all right i just want to write about what um i think fatherhood means to me and sharing some fun stories and Mm. i think as i as you and i and other people were in this space 
we realized we saw this trend of like dads being the second class parent, right? Yeah. Whether it was because there was, you know, the idea of deadbeat dads or single moms or whatever the case may be in commercials or, you know, always, and I, I, not that he's a live person to care about this, but Homer Simpson was always like the duller dad who like backed into fatherhood does weird things. But in the end, his kids know that they love him, even though they'll make fun of him during the show, whatever the case may be. But we want to show that there's more than that, right? There's more than the, um, buffoon dad. So I think the more and more we saw that calling, uh, we, we, I started focusing on articles more about, like I actually wrote an article, um, when I, I mean, I'm a creature of habit. So before this whole pandemic, I'd always go grocery shopping Friday morning after the kids would go to school. But when they were with me yeah. before they went to school, we would go shopping on Fridays. And one woman at the deli counter, another customer, she's like, oh, you're so nice letting your wife have the day off. Is she like, you know, just enjoying the time <laughs> off? And like, I could have been in there. Like, I know some some guys and that's fine. Like, take the stance, put the soapbox on. Be like, what are you talking about? I'm a stay at home dad. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, she's having a great time because I didn't I didn't need to know. But the. But the funny thing was, is the lady uh, that was the deli uh, associate, she knew that I would come in all the time. And so she just smiled and she kind of yeah. gave me a wink, like, way to, <laughs> like, way to go, like not handle it. Like you, you handled it well. Yeah. So then I yeah. just wrote an article where I was like, all right, I just want to let, you know, other dads know that, you know, it's okay to, you know, show that you're just uh you know there as much as the mom right and yeah. there was one article where i so again so i don't know why they're all about grocery stores but again i was shopping <laughs> i was wearing a life of dad sweatshirt and yeah. uh the guy was like life of dad what's that about and i kind of explained and he was like oh he's like so why are you doing the shopping where's your wife and i was just like what like what like what is <laughs> so it was just it was it, there's like certain things where i'm like yeah. all right now i'm gonna get on my soapbox and talk about like certain things that people need to know about. So if, if I, if something happens or I, a friend, um, you know, I experience something through a friend and I ask like, Hey, can I write about this? But, you know, I, I talk about humor. I try and build up fatherhood where I'm not like tearing anybody down or like trying to, mm. you know, create like, this is my platform. This is, but I just want to show yeah. dads, um, all around that are doing good. Like, you know, I'm glad that we're connecting. So people understand, like, there are a bunch of dads striving to be just as good as moms. And it's not like a, yeah. not a, a what do you call it? It's not um, a competition. I just think that, yeah. you know, for me and my wife, we have a great balance of, you know, we know in if like, if I have an interview with like you, like, you know, if the kids need help, my wife's like, don't worry, I got this. If they need help with their homework assignments, whatever the case may be and vice versa. If she's on a call or a meeting, I'm like, you know, I got this or I got lunch for them at noon because you have a call at noon. Right. So yeah, you just, you know, I think, <laughs> in society we see like you know um one spectrum or the other but i think mo- yeah. most of us around the world live in that middle where things are quote unquote normal because you have um a spouse that cares just as much as of, about their kids as you know your spouse does so i think yeah. it's it's there but i think it needs to be promoted for fathers as well so again long answer but i hope uh, i gave you the right answer <laughs> yeah no no i think it's fine and i, I think it's interesting isn't it because it's almost like it's this stereotypical system that we've all been filtered into right so dad's go to work mums might stay home or mums might have a part-time job but mums do the groceries yeah. and they sort after the kids and dads do the other stuff, right? And it's almost like it's a bit of an ego, it's a bit of testosterone flown in there as well, isn't it? And it's like, hold on a minute, you're a guy and you're at the supermarket. Whoa, what's all that? And it's almost like you've <laughs> you've come from another planet, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's just like crazy. It shouldn't be like that. And I think, <laughs> I think the other side to it now is that, 
with the advent of people talking way more about men's mental health, I think the whole kind of discussion really if you like around men around dads is becoming more common right because if you take it back 10 15 years ago dads you know they kind of went out with their friends and they you know might, might have drunk beer or gone to bars and they, you know they're the the testosterone fueled kind of conversations around you, you guys call it football we call it or you guys call our football soccer, soccer yeah yeah. Um, yeah and they talk about that but they don't talk about their feelings and they would never talk about maybe cooking the dis kids dinner or doing recipes and stuff like that so yeah i i completely agree i think it's 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 fascinating people's reactions um but just, and, just, to, um, just to kind of go with that there i think you're spot on because i i've written articles about my wife where yeah. you know there's that guilt that you know women feel like if they're not home and they they have a career and mm. like, again with me with having two daughters i want them to see that any uh man or woman can do any role um, yeah. because there are those stereotypes, just let it go. Like, I'm very proud of my wife and what she does and what she's accomplished. Um, yeah. and I'm glad that, she, you know, my daughters have a strong role model with, um, you know, with, it, with my wife. So like it, it's, it goes both ways. Like I feel bad for the women who want a career, still want kids, but just, yeah. you know, there's, there's double standards everywhere. And of course, because yeah. of those stereotypes and double standards, hopefully, you know, Darren, you and I and other dads and moms are just kind of breaking those like ideas. Like, no. Just because it works for like the 1950s and 40s and 1800s yeah. and all that stuff doesn't mean it has to work right now. Yeah, definitely. I, d- I definitely agree. And I think we are in many ways, as, as advanced as we are as a, as a human race and technology and everything else, if we look at the way that we behave in a kind of a, a family unit and society, is that we are still very much stuck back in that kind of 1940s, 1950s kind of way of life, aren't we? Oh, exactly. And here, and again, everyone... Uh, finds themselves at different points of their life, right? Some kids yeah. know right away. I think now more than ever, you see kids being more open to who they are or believing in their identity, right? Just because there's more mm. access to being like, oh, if if you see something like, a like again, just with these podcasts, right? Like you see like Darren, I can be like, oh yeah, this is something that what you just said about fathered, I can agree. All right, it's not just me, right? As much as you yeah. sometimes want to be that rock, whether you're a man or a woman, be like I can, I'm independent, you want some um uniformity or just like see some like yeah. oh darren feels the same way about this sweet i'm not the only yeah. one but i i think that in high school i think junior year i started like having this and this is for me like i hope my kids kind of do it around the same time like who cares what other people think right like i yeah it like i moved around a lot as a kid um especially my earlier years and then uh, i lived in new hampshire from like seventh grade until college but like the first few years of living there, I was like trying to fit in and try and do whatever. And then like yeah. I realized junior year, I was like, forget this, man. I had like three good uh, friends and of course, like some good acquaintances and a lot of people that I would like, you know, laugh and share jokes with at school. But like after a while, I didn't care if I was in, a, in like the cool crowd, the yeah. idiot crowd. I didn't give a crap. And like yeah. I just felt like the more and more as you get older, it's like, who cares whatever anybody thinks if you're doing something you know positive and you're you're, you're creating yeah. a positive influence in the world and you're not hurting yourself or others do not care what other people think and if it's yeah. people that you care about that might think are like why are you doing this sit them down and have a normal conversation say where you're yeah. coming from i think the art of conversation is gone now because a lot of people yeah. try and wage war on social media and 140 characters will not get your point <laughs> <Yeah>. across <laughs> yeah de- definitely i think um definitely we are brought up and i don't know where it comes from to, it, it's, it's this thing that oh be careful what so-and-so thinks or be careful what, what but when i think oh 
when you get to a certain age, it's like almost like when I got to 40, it's like, I don't really care anymore what anybody thinks. And, you know, it's almost like you kind of throw off the shackles, isn't it? It's yeah. like, I don't care anymore, you know, I'm going to do it. And, and the funny thing is, it's like you say, you know, um, even now, if I tell my family I'm doing a podcast, they're like, what are you doing a podcast for? You know, it's almost like that's a young person's thing that should be, you shouldn't be messing around with that. You know, you should be doing normal adult stuff, right? Darren, and, yeah, Darren don't do a podcast. If you even think about starting up a TikTok, we got to sit you down, man. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because my kids have just introduced me to TikTok and oh my God, is that addictive? Yeah. That thing is addictive. It's crazy. But, but yeah, but the other thing you said there earlier is, uh, is around the internal conversations, right? So, the, the, the internal conversations that I have that you have about manliness, about being the father, about, you know, being the man of the house, every other guy on the planet is having those same conversations. But it's only I feel it's only now people are starting to actually admit and come out and say, yeah, you know what? I have those doubts. I have those conversations. I have that feeling of perhaps not being enough or not delivering enough to the family. Um, but it's crazy that it's only coming out now, right? For sure. And I, again, I think there is that suck it up mentality or rub some dirt on it or like, you know, boys don't yeah. cry mentality, right? And yeah. women can't be strong. And if you see a strong woman, whether it's physical strength, um, emotional strength, uh, mental strength, whatever the case may be, and I think women have been all three um, have strength in all three areas, not just now, but I think, you know, uh, the way th- society has like, you know, the, since the dawn of time, it was always like a male dominated um, era. Right. And now it's like yeah. more and more people. And the funny thing is, is like you see for anything, if if some if someone disagrees with you now or someone has like this idea that like men can share their feelings and yeah. they need to like pick up a, you know, uh, <laughs> be like, I got to show my male bravado. I got to be more like Rambo. Yeah. It's like, no, you don't like everyone. There's strength in knowing your limits. There's strength in knowing your fears. And I, I think that this, this, there's stereotypes for a reason. I get it. But hopefully mm. more and more, like I, I look, you know, at our kids' generation and our, you know, eventually like the next generation, like the grand, you know, our yeah. grandkids and all that stuff. I want them to not worry about someone's color, gender, yep. preference, whatever the case may be. Again, like everyone, is, I think sometimes is too concerned <laughs> with what everybody else is doing. Like yeah. I, I find it very amazing with, especially nowadays with everything that's going on. It's a, it's a, this whole thing is affecting the world, this pandemic, right? But like mm. people are still complaining about pointless things. And I'm like, yeah. why are you even caring about this yeah. right now? What this person's yeah. lifestyle is not affecting you. So because this yeah. person came out and said that, you know, they were failing as a father and they cried in front of their kids, like, oh, that guy's a sissy. It's like, really? Yeah. No. Like you're yeah. show- again, mental health is like if you don't I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychiatrist, psychologist, whatever the yeah. case may be. But if you don't have an outlet or if you don't have someone you can share your thoughts with and just, you know, even just vent yeah. it out, maybe to yourself, or maybe sometimes I my, you know, my podcast is therapeutic. Darren, I'm guessing your podcast is therapeutic because you yeah. can actually just, you know, go off on what you're thinking with your guests and just share things. So I think yeah. now more than ever, because more and more people are uh, are speaking out on all different kinds of aspects in their life, especially men and uh, what it, what it means to be uh, masculine, the different forms of masculinity. Um, yeah. I think thankfully that's happening because 
it, it's okay to be different. It's okay to be you and just embrace your, like your own faults, your own strength, your own weaknesses, because that'll make, that's, that makes you who you are. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. And I think that is so important to let kids know that it's okay to be themselves and it's okay to cry it's okay to show emotion right more i I guess girl i don't i don't have girls so i don't know but i guess girls are more inclined to to you know err on the emotional side and, and display their emotions where as boys will display it but they'll display it in different ways right so they might display it in anger and stuff like that because they, they don't feel they can let it out but i think you know, unless we as parents take on that responsibility to show and demonstrate to them that it's okay to show your emotions and it's important that you let it out and don't keep it in, it just makes for a better all-rounded person. Oh, 100%. Yeah, and I think another thing too where, um, you, you know, you kind of mentioned like, oh, boys uh, will do this, girls will do that. Like, I think there is, you know, again, uh, even though I'm saying like everyone should have their own, you know, way of life and thinking and all that stuff. I think there are some tendencies just the way um, boys and girls are and men and women are made up, right? There's going to be certain yeah. things, but on the flip side, like when someone says like, and again, like I, I, when someone says like, Oh, you have girls. So it must be a little bit easier now. Like I've always like people said like, Oh, you have gr- girls. So when they're toddlers and you know, um, you know, child children, they're going to be easy for you, but just wait till they're, um, yeah. you know, teenager, because that's when like the war starts. And for me, it's like, yeah. okay, let's just take a look at that for a second, right? Let's let's yeah. break it down to this again, the stereotypes where girls like will be emotional and all that other stuff. And again, like maybe guys in high school aren't sharing their feelings and and we're told to like keep things bottled in. But one yeah. of the things like I'm always looking at guys that I've interviewed who have kids that are older than me, right? Right. And I see sometimes there are those typical, uh, stereotypical, like, you know, posts on social media. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, teenage daughter, right? I get that. Yeah. I understand that. But I yeah. think one of the things in any relationship is communication and understanding where that person's coming from. And I think yeah. parents back, you know, maybe our parents' generation and back, you know, their, our grandparents and so forth back in the day was like, kid, you're complaining about, you know, your friend and, you know, you and your friend having a fight. I got to pay taxes. Shut up. This will be not saying shut up, but like, don't yeah. worry, it'll be yeah. over. But like, we have to realize what they're, uh, what they're caring about, what is in the main uh, center of their universe and their world right now. It's their friends. It's creating identity. It's learning who they are. Right. Yeah. So I have found through interviewing dads that are, uh, have kids older than me. It's like, not, don't just hear them, listen to them or don't just listen yes. to them, hear them. Right. And, I yeah. got to realize that, and you know, I used to do it before being like, Oh, don't worry about it. this will pass. You know, just when you get older, you have to worry about, you know, medical payments and all these other stuff and car mm-hmm. bills and all this stuff. But then like, I stopped doing that. Cause I'm like, wait a minute, they're, they're yeah. coming to me with something that they really care about. And if I just yeah. poo poo it, they're not going to come to me anymore. Right. And as they yeah. get older, they'll have more uh, ways to communicate with friends, whether it's a phone whether they're, you know, online or whatever the case may be. You don't yeah. want to lose that communication. Communication is key. And so for me and my daughters, my wife and um, our daughters, we try and just like be open and honest. We'll talk about things. And even though if it was like, do you want to talk about something? No. Like, all right, when you want to come, you know, come and get me. And then like maybe five minutes later, like, can I talk to you, dad? And like, yeah, sure. So yeah. Um, I think just, I, I know I kind of went off. I'm just like saying with like the no, idea that boys will be boys and girls will be girls. I think that to me is kind of a myth and don't, don't prep up for or don't prepare for a stereotype just because other people have experienced it. Look like do like 
as much as people do research on like what's the best <laughs> cable service to get or the best yeah. phone should i get an iphone should i get a galaxy x and people like do all this stuff <laughs> research and yeah. I, I know like you again this is it's like a it's like a catch 22 because you might want to read books about parenting or you know the how-to or like you, you know so you're going to be coming a dad or the guide to pregnancy yeah. take those all in but don't feel like that's gospel just take all of that no. stuff in pick and choose what's going to work for you and bring it in. But I think for me, like communication is key and understanding where they are and put yourself when you were their age and understand like the issues that they're having. Yeah, definitely. I think because to pick up on the point you said about, you know, boys and girls being different. The funny thing is, right. Everybody, well, around me at least anyway they see that oh you know your 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 daughter's getting towards 13 that's going to change and you know you're going to have troubles boys are equally changing right yeah they're going through puberty they're going through a similar change but because i guess i don't know what it is really why why it's is you know pushed on the girls so much but you know you still have struggles with boys and and you know the other thing is when I find that when they co- when kids come to you about a problem that they're having, you know, often there's an underlying thing that they're not happy about. But because of the way that, you know, depending on their age or how they've developed or how, the like you say, the communication is in the family, they don't really know how to verbalise it. They don't really know how to get it out. So I think, like you said, you know, as long as you have that clear understanding that there's an open line of communication and you can talk about anything and you know kids won't often just blurt it out because like i said you know they won't know how to necessarily explain it verbalize it they won't know what their feelings are necessarily um so i think the, the communication um thing is is yeah is is really really important uh, but yeah. then you know then you get the other thing now like you said in terms of technology and if we don't have these lines of communication in, and if they don't understand as a, a child that they can come to their parents, this is when I think it goes off track and they, that's when they go online, right? And then, you know, they can disappear off down rabbit holes in groups and people befriending them and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's another thing to consider. Oh, yeah. And a hundred percent. And like, again, my daughter's yeah, they have iPads and of course they're, you know, on their laptops working on their schoolwork, but they don't have phones yet. And right. my sixth grader, she's like, well, when can I get one? And like before yeah. we're like, I'll oh, probably like eighth grade. Right. But like for yeah. me, I want them to come with to me with questions, not saying I have all the answers and uh, they have to no. go like it's my way or the highway, but like, I want them I feel like there's some innocence loss. Like the, like every generation grows up quicker just because of the environment. Yeah. This is just my opinion. Yeah. And so one of the things that my wife and I are uh, in agreement, actually there's a, a family that um, we're really good friends with that has a daughter the same age. And we've almost like created like a pack, like, yeah, no phone until like eighth grade. Right? <laughs> because we feel like there is that sort of innocence. And like when they're, and when they're hanging out together, they're hanging out and they're playing, they're doing stuff they, they could be talking or creating like a craft or whatever the case may be. You hang out when they hang out with other people, they're like, Oh, what you do? Like, Oh, you watch, you know, videos on YouTube. Like, all right, I get that. It's like, instead of maybe watching a movie, yeah. you're doing that. But like, I've walked into rooms whether it was like cousins, nephews, whatever the case may be, who are younger than me. And they're all like hanging out. They're talking to each other, but they're talking via their yeah. phones and they're texting. I'm like, what are you guys all doing? Like, Oh, we're texting each other. Like, my mind, like, you're in the same room. What are you doing? So, again, like, when you mentioned the rabbit hole, like, 
there are so many things that kids are going to be, you know, inundated with where it's like, it's a lot of stuff to comprehend. And that's one of the reasons Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, we're going to hold on and like just search the internet and have having fun with it. Right. (laughs) Yeah, it it is tough. I mean, it is very tough. I think it's particularly tough when you have the older sibling who is, has reached, you know, whatever milestone you set that they can have, whatever technology they can have. Then you get the younger sibling who's constantly biting at your ankles, like to say, when can I have it? When can I have it? When can I have it? You know, and it's that, that's another challenge of trying to explain to them why they can't have it, you know, and they just think you're being restrictive, right? But you need to kind of try and explain to them without scaring the living daylights out of them why they're not having this technology right now. Oh, a hundred percent. Again, like I think, again, this is where communication comes up where you're explaining why you're doing it. Right. And you don't want yeah. to scare them because there is plenty, plenty of uh, benefits to the internet and the connectivity. And I get that like FaceTime, especially now more than ever, you know, yeah. there's FaceTime with family and friends. Like we're the, you know, my, my kids are doing like uh, FaceTime with their friends um, just so that they can have like a virtual hangout. Right. And so like, I yeah. get that, but again, as, 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 you know, I explain, especially to my older one, uh, my youngest, as she gets older, will do the exact same thing, but it's just kind of like, all right, he, there's a lot of dangerous things on the web. Not that we don't trust mm-hmm. you. It's other people we yeah. don't trust that we yeah. don't like, um, know or see. Um, I mean, you look at, uh, games like Roblox and like all these other things and you see like, even if the parent was right next to the child playing, like all of a sudden someone hacks in and they start like showing yeah. weird things, whether it's like porn or whatever the case may be and like do, do kids mm. really need to see that no 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 exactly yeah exactly i think you know it depends on on the razor at some point they will understand that exists but you it has to be at the time that's right for them to be able to deal with stuff like that emotionally doesn't it i think that's the, that's the thing yeah so and i think again like think about like if kids got a phone in like fifth or sixth grade and they have access to anything right and they're like oh yeah. this is this is the way things go. That's what you do mm. to someone. Oh, okay. Is it, yeah. is that, is that really what you do? No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's because they believe everything that they see on the internet. Don't they? That's the other challenge. Yeah. You know, particularly with YouTube and stuff like that. And they see all these YouTubers with the cars and the houses and the money and all the rest of it. And, and it's trying to get them to understand you know, they're doing that so you watch it. So they've achieved their objective, right? Mm-hmm. But it's trying to get them to understand the details behind it. And I, I find that particularly challenging with, with, with the boys. So when you were obviously at Life of Dad, you, you, they created the Life of Dad book. Um, so what was the what was the key message and, and the reason why the book was created? Sure. Um, so the Life of Dad book was actually um, kind of, just uh, a second part of the life of dad show, the podcast that I would do every week, right. With, you know, notable people, notable dads like Mark Hamill, Shaquille O'Neal, Mark Cuban. Um, It was just people that like I thought were, you know, interesting and I'd love to hear the take on fathered. Right. So everyone, like even before this podcasting thing, whatever the case may be, people said like, Oh, you should write a book, like the different things you do ever since in radio. And then also the different trips you'd go on for media events. Like, Kind of like while I was starting with Life of Dad, there's other mm-hmm. sites I was writing for, and so like Crown Royal would like send me to the um, <clears throat> NASCAR Brickyard, the the Brick the Brickyard 400, and like yeah. I would go there and do all these things, and it was just like me, you know, 
and everyone's like, how do you do this? Like, like what's going on? So like people are like one of my good friends, Brian, who's like, you got to write a book. You have to write this book. I was like, all right, yeah. I don't know what's going to be on. And then one of the guys that came up to help us out life of dad, John Finkel, who's written many books. He was mm-hmm. like, how have you not written this book yet? I'm like, have you been talking to my friend Brian? Because he's been pushing me and my wife's been pushing me <laughs> to write a book. And I'm like, whatever. And he's like, but there's, there's so much good content right here. And so yeah. the, the main idea was just coming from the life lessons that these guys would share about fatherhood and we put it into uh, the book and we kind of like broke down who we wanted to put in the book. Yeah. And then um, we kind of created like different categories, whether it's like learning uh, something, uh, you know, teaching your kids something or the values you're doing or um, just life lessons you've learned as a dad. So we kind of yeah. broke it down. It's like three to four uh, sections. And then um, again, John Fingal, uh, the co-author, like he just like, <laughs> he was the captain of the ship and he was like, all right, let's right. do this. So it was, you know, crafting my material. Uh, he and I would like go over the books and we would be talking with um, Simon Schuster slash Adams Media. We go back and forth writing the book and all that stuff. So yeah. it was it was really cool. Like I, I mean, it was something where I never thought I would do. I did it, yeah. and now it's like, all right, I got a book at Barnes and Noble. My kids and my wife were very proud. My family was proud of me. Um, yeah. I, a lot of people are like so like people purchased the book. So it was really cool to get that yeah. feeling. But it just actually came from the you know the love and. Uh, joy and um, the effort that I put into the podcast. Yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. So, so in terms of, it's interesting, like, because my perception is that, you know, when, when you see these, I don't know, movie stars or stars that, that are parents and stuff like that, you often think that they have this perfect life, right? And they are perfect parents. So, so what was the kind of some of the big key learnings that you learned from interviewing these guys? Yeah, um, I always mention this. Bill Engvall, one of the the kings of comedy, I think, or blue collar comedy, or yeah, the blue collar comedy tour. And again, I kind of mentioned this earlier, uh, um, where it was just like, listen to your kids. Like he said, you know, yeah, don't uh, just like listen to them and be like, yeah, you know, you'll, you know, just you'll, you'll, you'll be fine. Like listen to your kids. They will want to, uh, and if you do that, they will want to, you know, communicate and chat with you and talk with you. And uh, there's a picture that I had uh, for the article where it was him and his son, like sharing a beer and like, the, you know, like this, the conversation right there could have been just fun, fluffy stuff, but there could have been some serious yeah. stuff there as well. Right. Um, yeah. and then, uh, Mark Hamill, uh, the guy, of course, who's known for a Luke Skywalker and the voice of Joker and the animated series of Batman and stuff, but like big fan of his work, of course, being a star Wars geek yeah. and just hearing him say like the th- one of his biggest accomplishments is still having a great relationship with all of his three kids He's like, yeah. you know, I could have been someone who was a distant father, whatever the case may be. But he's like, I cherish the fact that we all three have a great relationship. Um, and that to me, it's like sweet. Like who doesn't want, who wouldn't want that? And that's something where I'm like, all right, this is my goal too. Like when my daughters get older, when they go to college, I want them to be able to come to my wife and me and just talk about anything or share their, you know, their concerns or their uh, dreams or aspirations. So you, I've, you know this now like we feel very lucky because we're almost reinforcing our fatherhood through our work right <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah so it's like you know i'm using the stuff i've learned through radio through you know the entertainment world and just writing and all these other things through school and all that but to me what i'm learning to be or i'm learning to be a better father from talking to other dads you and all these other great guys who are just like all right they are you know they're sharing their thoughts and there's certain things i'll agree with i'm like oh darren does this 
with his mm. kids. I'm like, oh, I think I should do that too. That's a really great yeah. idea, right? So you're almost putting this like puzzle together of fatherhood and you're just kind of using the knowledge of other dads to make yourself a better dad. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's that that awareness, that consciousness, you know, you're saying about he's got a great relationship with his three boys. You know, that doesn't happen by accident, right? You actively have to go out and pursue that. And I just feel, and I don't want to talk out of turn, but I just feel that there's so many parents, and obviously I'm looking from the outside in, mm-hmm. um, that don't do that, right? They every I would argue that every parent wants a great relationship with their children, but how many parents actively go out to pursue that, right? So, for example, encourage communication, sit down having one-to-one time with them, right, and just talk about their world. You know, don't, like you said earlier, you know, don't dismiss their what's going on in their world actively you know speak to them about it and encourage it and i just feel that there's not you know i don't think that there's enough of that really that goes on a hundred percent agree yeah and again yeah i don't think you're speaking out of turn you're just there again i'm not going to call people out but there are certain times where you're like what's going on here like in Mm. and if sometimes i feel this may not be the case i'm maybe judging and it's probably not the best thing to do is to judge someone else if you don't know their whole story but you just wonder like yeah do they do they really want kids or they just did it because they were keeping up with the Joneses, right? Like, was yeah. that the reason why, like, and some people are like, yeah, I don't even know. I like that. I've that people have said this to me directly, but I've heard in things like, yeah, I was a terrible father. Like I, I, I you know, maybe I shouldn't have been a dad. Mm. And it's like, okay. Like now you admit <laughs> it, but that's like the kid's 29 years old now. And it's like, all right, what did, what did your impact or less of or mm. not impact due to their life and their identity? Right. So yeah, yeah I think, you can, you know, do all of the things, but then, like, do you really want to be a, a dad, like, it, it or a parent? Like, it takes time. If if you really care about something, you will put the effort in. And again, yeah. not speaking of the people who have two jobs and need to like keep the lights on by working yeah. two jobs. I'm not saying that at all. And like, hopefully, the kids will see, and I think they do, because kids are very perceptive, and I think kids yeah. can like know if you're being authentic or if you're Definitely. being fake. And I think it might stink certain times where if a kid who is dealing with a parent, a single parent or just parents that are like have to work just to keep the lights on, it might stink that they might not be at their baseball game or dance recital or, or not or the dance practice, whatever the case may be. But as they get older, I think Darren, you and I, like I, I called my parents one time when I was just recently out of college and I just called them up and I said, thank you. And they were like, huh? I'm like for everything, yeah. for yeah. oil changes for the car, for um, dentist, you know, the, the things you pay for like, uh, my wisdom teeth pulling out. Like I just like I came yeah. back. I saw like a medical payment. Of course, when you get on your own, you're not making the most money, right? And so you just kind of like right. you can buy, and you're like, wait, I have to pay this thing. <laughs> so I think yeah. kids will see that if you really tried in your own way and you really cared, they will get it and they will see it. But if if you're just fo- mailing it in or phoning it in, they'll they'll know. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think I think the important thing also to mention though is. You and I are both not saying that we're amazing parents. Oh, no. right? we've, we've got this. We've <laughs> nope. got this nailed because you know no one in the world has got anything nailed, right? And it, and it's all a kind of you're constantly evolving, you're constantly learning, you're constantly adapting. I think you know from me, from me personally, what I've decided is I want my boys to be the best versions that they can be, and in order for them to be that, I have to be that. Mm. And it might sound a bit woo-woo, a bit cliche, but, you know, they li- they lead by example so much. 
And if I'm a complete arse or, or, or whatever, <laughs> and I've got one area of my life out of balance, you know, th- they'll probably follow that, you know, and you can kind of see it through other families as well. Uh, yeah, definitely agree. And I, I, I think though, too, where you have, you know, yeah, I mean, we could just go on this topic for a while. And a while like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, yeah, I'm just gonna say I definitely agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Awesome. All right. So in terms of, you know, obviously you mentioned you work from home and, and stuff like that. How does kind of family time work, you know, f- around you know, work time and how does your fitness work as well? Yeah. So, um, I, you know, when I, I didn't start lifting, uh, weights or anything like that until college, like some of my roommates, when I started living on campus, they're like, Hey, you want to come to the gym with us? I'm like, huh? Like, I would just be like playing <laughs> basketball with my friends and all this other stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I might've lifted weights here and there, but it wasn't like a constant thing. But in the gym mm. junior year, I was like, all right, let's, you know, I'm going to go to the gym with you guys. And they taught me how to work certain machines and all the other stuff. And then after college, uh, I had like a, you know, gym membership would go there and then, Slowly but surely, I would probably, you know, when uh, my first daughter came around, I would run here and there. And I was actually, it was really right. cool because through um, the radio station, uh, we had a guy that was like um, advertising a 5K and he was like, hey, he was like a, you know, a coach and all that stuff. He's like, I'll train you and I'll do all this, <clears throat> I'll do all this other stuff with you. He was like, all right, cool. So like I ran a 5K in a pretty decent amount. Of, and this is a guy who like wasn't a fan of you know, running around and like, you know, doing like cross country or track or anything along those lines. But, you know, there were different phases of me, um, through my health and working out now with my kids, like before this pandemic, they would go off to school. I'd quickly hit the gym Monday through Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Obviously we'd be doing stuff like if we go on a hike here and there on a certain weekend, or if we'd be outside playing, I'd get my exercise or just, you know, activity that way. But Monday through Friday would be like cardio Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursday would be lifting. Right. Now, um, I actually teamed up with uh, Bowflex, and they actually sent me a machine. And so, like, it was, okay. it, it, was it came at the right time. I guess <laughs> I don't even want to say that because I think it's dumb to say the right time during a pandemic. But, like, yeah. I wasn't going to the gyms. They were shutting the gyms down. I had a machine where, like, yes, I, I would probably be running if I didn't have a machine, right? But right. I'm in the comfort of my own home, I'm able to work out, get a really good, you know, workout. And then I have some weights at home that I'm lifting out. So, I not only is it good for me, but my kids will see what I'm doing. And then yeah. like uh, in the afternoon after they do their classes, Monday through Friday, we spend a, like half hour, 40 minutes outside in the backyard doing gym class, whether I have them yeah. do sprints in the beginning, some jumping jacks and we play a game. And then I have them do some other physical stuff just to keep yeah. them motivated. And I actually recently started, um, my wife did it last year, intermittent fasting. And I just started doing it okay. at the beginning of this year. And I've seen, um, I'm tired when I should be, if that makes sense. Like at night, I'm not yep. staying up. And yep. there's a lot of things that came with me. Like I actually had my uh, <laughs> my um, appendix blew up. <laughs> okay. I was going for a run and I went to tie my shoe and I felt something. I'm like, oh, what is that? It was right at the beginning right. of my run. I'm like, oh, I should be fine. And then like I run for a two and a half mile run, whatever the case may be. Wow. But I kept on having issues. So like I realized that after this thing, like they had to do some major surgery to like, and I'm good, obviously, (laughs) but like, I am like, all right, I should probably stop drinking this and stop doing that and doing a little bit more healthy things. So I can be around for my kids. So not only am I trying to work out and trying to stay fit and uh, my pants are like, I feel good because everyone's like, oh, I'm wearing sweatpants and all this other stuff now. And I'm like on this pandemic, I'm like, well, I'm intermittent fasting. I'm not eating that much. I only eat from like, you know, noon (laughs) 
to six or seven. Yeah. And then like, you know, the weekends will be a little bit different, but I'm not like, you know, eating an ice cream at midnight on a Friday night. Right. Yeah. Like I might have occasional like drink with my wife or the case may be, but like Monday through Friday, I'm not really uh, Sunday night through Thursday night. I'm not drinking any alcohol and all this other stuff. So like I realized as you get older, you can't have those like, you know, college party nights where you're drinking two nights yeah. in a row, <laughs> eating pizza late night. And all of a sudden you go to the gym. And you're like, yeah, like you start realizing like, man, I got some extra weight around me. What's happening. Yeah. So at 40, yeah. Uh, I think it was a good time to start the intermittent fasting and just watching what you eat and drink and how you eat is, is huge. And I know I'm, I'm preaching yeah. the fire, sir. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, definitely. I, I think it, I think like you say, when you get to that mag- magic number of 40, you know, you kind of, I don't know what it is really, but, but for me at least it was like, well, you know, I kind of didn't expect to be where I was at when I was 40 in terms of my physical health and, and all the rest of it. Um, and you know, you then start to look at the back end of your life, don't you? And you kind of want to be around for, for kids, grandkids and all the rest of it. And, you know, I, I do, um, intermittent fasting and I do, uh, a, a, a weekly 36 hour fast as well. Oh, wow. Um, just because of the, the medical benefits from it. And because your body goes through a process of autophagy and what that does is it clears out a lot of these dead cells that we have in the body and regenerates our new mitochondria, which is our, our, basically our engines of ourselves. Um, so that, you know, that's you the just reason. You back to science class in high school. I appreciate that with the terminology. <laughs> <man. laughs> yeah, that's fine. You can have that one for free. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's interesting how a lot of people have jumped on that on this the, the intermittent fasting and their reasons for doing it but yeah i mean there's 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 science to back it up so um yeah that that's fantastic so in terms of um like your family nutrition and stuff and and your girls are, are they you know are they aware of why you're doing what you're doing with the intermittent fasting and the diets in the house and all the rest of it yeah again with with women with girls i want to make sure that they don't think that their body is everything, right? Like I, yeah. there's, there's that fine line where like, all right, you want to take care of yourself. You want to be active. But if you exactly. want to have dessert, like, again, going back to John Finkel, uh, he and I were talking about stuff and he, he and I do a Facebook live show and we we're talking right. about something and he brought up the fact that he doesn't have, like kids don't have dessert um, until like Friday and Saturday nights. Those are the nights, right? And I adopted yeah. that. And my kids were like, what? Because like we were given like, even <laughs> before me too, like, oh yeah, sure. You can have a s'more on a Tuesday night. Like why not after yeah. you finish your meal? And then it was like, we're not, you don't really need to do that, right? Yeah. So once we kind of cut that out and even, you know, especially now when we're home, we're like, oh, can we do this? I'm like, like they wanted to bake brownies like two days ago. I'm like, it's Tuesday, not yeah. doing it. Like, no. Yeah. And they're like, what? I'm like, we can bake the brownies Thursday or Friday. Uh, and then we can have them over the weekend and all that other stuff. But I'm like, we, we need to stick to this. And then when they saw yeah. not only me, cause I, I usually the one that is making breakfast with them and I usually would eat with them and they're like, why aren't you eating? Right. I'm like, I'm doing this. Like, well, my youngest who doesn't really like certain meals or like, just doesn't yeah. like to eat sometimes. Like it takes her forever to eat. She's like, Oh, can I start that? I'm like, no, you, you need to eat. <laughs> you know, breakfast, yes. lunch, and dinner. Yeah, yeah, different yeah. for me as you get older. And I said, mom and I are doing this for, you know, um, for health reasons to making yeah. sure that we're only taking the, the calories we need. And exactly. it's, it's been helping me too, because a lot of people, again, you and I work from home. We don't like we, I mean, granted, like if you were in an office, they might have like a snack bar here and there depending yeah. on where you work. But for us, it's like, I go downstairs to like check out my cats or feed them or do something like, Oh yeah, sweet. <laughs> 
I'll have a muffin yeah. that my my, yeah. my wife baked or something like that, and a glass of milk. Yeah. And it's like now I don't do that. Like I, you yeah. know, it's it's uh, an hour away from you know lunchtime, and I'm like, all right, my body is fine. Like the first few weeks yeah. of intermittent fasting took me a little bit. Like I go again, go grocery shopping on a Friday. I went to the gym, came there, and like everything smelled delicious. And I'm like, wait, it's only nine. I can't eat until three, <laughs> like three more hours. But like you get used to it, and I think your yeah, body's kind of telling you stuff where. Not just like your physical weight and like your, um, you know, like how you look, but it's also too, I think it's a mental thing. Like I'm able to go to bed. I'm not staying up at night and like losing sleep. And I used to, you know, average like six hours of sleep. Now I'm getting like seven and a half and I'm like, all right, this is where it's at. So my girls see it and uh, not only do they uh, might see my actions, but I'm also talking to them and explaining why I'm doing it and why they still need to eat breakfast. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, I think it's really important that, again, you know, it comes back to communication, explaining to the kids why you're doing it, because instantly they think you're not eating because of weight loss. And, you know, it's explained that because my youngest said to me, well, can I do intermittent fasting? I'm like, dude, no way. You are a nine-year-old boy. You need to be eating, you know. Uh, okay, but well, hold on. So wait, your nine-year-old son, like, does he not like to eat like my nine-year-old daughter? <laughs> <laughs> well i mean it's like it's funny like you say that what they pick up on right so they they think oh dad's doing it so it must be good yeah. so i want to get involved but then they need to understand where they're at you know in yeah. terms of their development and stuff so oh what would you say are the five biggest challenges that are facing fathers in modern times today oh wow um i feel i feel like there's a lot of ant like answers i can give you but yeah. Um, I think one of the things we talked about was stereotypes, right? Like, yeah, there is that idea where you have to be the the main breadwinner, or you have to, uh, l- you know, lead with an iron fist. Like my kids and my wife yeah. joke around, like I'm the sheriff. Like if I go to a media event and I'm away, my wife has a little bit things more relaxed. But like mm-hmm. I always think, like schedules are good because when you get older, you're going to have the work Definitely. schedule. You're going to have all these other things, right? Yeah. But, like you got to kind of balance that. Like, and I'm not saying I rule with an iron fist, but like I'm just saying, like, all right, let's kind of yeah. go with the schedule, right? So I think yeah. a stereotype of like the you know the grizzled old dad who might just have a scotch in the corner and like you know will say like, hey, pipe yeah. down, your mom said like. So I think that's one of the biggest things, right? Um, yeah. Two. Um, time uh now more than ever because we're connected to our jobs uh with phones and with this or that time management is key not just with family but just your own personal life as well like there's got to be not only the dad darren but the independent darren and the independent art and the dad art where it's like in the you know husband art husband darren where you are giving and being there. You're giving time and being there for your family and your spouse, but you're also ha- finding you time. Right. Yeah. And luckily for me and you, I think podcasting is kind of that hobby slash relief. Like I love to yep. build Legos with my kids. We do like photography with like toys and stuff in the backyard and right. all, all the case may be. And I might just do that by myself sometimes. So, yeah. um, I think time. So like stereotype time, um, uh, pressures to, to live up to uh, other people. Like again, keeping up with the Joneses, right? Yeah. Um, battling technology uh, in the sense of like, again, like we've talked about, there's good tech and there's bad tech and there's good innovations, yeah. bad innovations and kind of weeding through that. And yeah. then um, I'd say the, the, the fifth one. Whew, 
I, I, I guess for me, it's like the unknown in the sense of like the, when I say the unknown, it's kind of like everything that's going to be surrounding your kid now more than ever, because there's more access to things. And it might bleed into the technology thing, but yeah. just in general, where I think there's more, there's good influences around your kids and uh, yeah. experiences, but there's also going to be now more than ever a bad influences and bad um, mm. choices that they can make. Not just because, I mean, if you give them the tools, the talent and you, you know, you teach them well, ho- you know, hopefully they'll make the right decisions. We all make, yeah. again, we're not perfect. We've all made no. mistakes. There's stupid things I've done where I'm like, thank God I'm alive. Right. <laughs> but like, yeah. I think yeah. unknown and, and the worry of the unknown, because there is that balance where you want your kids to grow up independent, but you, you almost want to give them a big hug and be like, I'm here with you for like, as you navigate through the yeah. world, but that's a detriment as well. So it's kind of, I know the fifth one's kind of a weird category or weird yeah. t- label, yeah. but the unknown, just because I think, well, for me, that's one of the things I worry about. Yeah. I think, I think for me, it's, it's like, it's almost like the games change, doesn't it? And, you know, from, you know, when we were, we, we were younger, the, the tech and the access, the connectivity that they have now, you know, we, we were able to make mistakes and you know what? They can be catastrophic mistakes. And you, and in in some ways, I want the kids to make mistakes because that's how they learn. But you want them to be able to do it in a way which it doesn't mean it's like a, a serious detrimental, um, you know, mistake. But like you said, though, if you bring them up, I think with the right grounding and the right values and the right morals, yes, they're going to make mistakes. But you would like to think that they're not going to be life-changing catastrophic mistakes 100 percent agree so art before we wrap up what do you feel like um i should have asked you that i didn't ask you wow uh i think we talked about a lot like i, I think uh, i think you have a great show i honestly think like the conversation we had about father kind of went in different places and places that yeah. other dads and parents will appreciate and see where we're coming from um I always think like, again, like I appreciate the question, but I think, I think you asked all the right questions, man. <laughs> awesome. That's fantastic. So how can people connect with you are, you know, you're obviously all on the social medias. You're very active on LinkedIn as well. So how can people connect? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn at art Eddie. Um, you can find me on Twitter at art Eddie three, uh, Instagram. There's the art of fatherhood. And then there's the, uh, art Eddie L O D. And then there's, um, my website, artoffatherhood.net. Of course, there's lifeofdad.com, but Twitter and Instagram and my site, uh, artoffatherhood.net, Art of Father, Art is where you can kind of reach out and do stuff with uh, as well if you just want to like reach out to me personally. <laughs> awesome. All right, man. Thank you very much for your time. And um, I look forward to speaking to you again soon. And uh, stay safe. Appreciate it. Thanks for uh, having me on your show, sir. Can, I hope uh, you guys, I uh, hope you have a, the show is awesome. I think what you're doing is fantastic. And um, I hope uh, a lot of dads take in uh, from what you're putting out there, sir. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Art. Thanks for listening to the Fitter Healthier Dad podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit subscribe. And I would really appreciate if you could leave a review on iTunes. All the links mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes. And a full transcription is over at fitterhealthierdad.com. <laughs>